Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vile Dawn podcast for Wednesday, March 18th. S&P futures are limit down. That is down 92 points. That's about 3.7%. The major eurozone indices are off uh, about 3 to 4%. Asia finished in the red pretty much across the board. Um, so, you know, again, it... Every morning, it seems to come in with a large swing in one direction or another. Um, it's very hard to kind of, um, you know, look back at the headlines and really correlate the, the the moves on any given morning to kind of fundamental developments overnight. And I think this morning is is going to be very difficult to do that. Um, it's just very hard to kind of look and see what in the last couple of hours caused selling versus yesterday, which you know what caused buying. So I think. Um, you know, people are kind of looking at news in, in a few different buckets now on, on any given day. So, you know, starting, I think most important is just biology, tracking case spreads acro- around the around the world. Um, and the narrative on that front remains relatively consistent, whereby you're seeing increases in Europe and the U.S. and relatively stable, encouraging trends in Asia. Although I will say that there are a couple of articles, including one in the FT, just talking about how some Asian countries are are now grappling with the resurgence of infections, albeit on a much smaller pace. So South uh, South Korea, and then in some areas of China, a lot of these are cases that are coming from individuals returning to those countries, and so some of those countries and governments are being forced to kind of reintroduce a few of the control measures that they had in place several weeks ago. Um, you know, again, I think it's certainly something to watch as those countries remove some of the restrictions and, and infections rise. Obviously, that um, is certainly very negative. Um, but I think the numbers, for the most part, are, are small at the moment. On the monetary policy front, you had the Fed introduce or reintroduce rather another crisis era lending facility. So this is the PDCF that follows the uh, CPFF, which was launched Tuesday morning. So the Fed you know, going back to the beginning of March when they first enacted that emergency 50 basis point cut has acted extraordinarily aggressively, um, going quickly back to ZERP, launching QE, launching a slew of lending facilities, reopening the FX swap lines. Um, and now in the last couple of days, broadening out some of their um, lending support to, um, you know, commercial paper. And then and then this PDCF will allow collateral such as, um, you know, corporate debt, junk bonds, equities, et cetera. Um, you know, so obviously that is, that is tremendous support to the market. Although I still, you know, if you look at kind of what is causing the most anxiety in credit markets, um, obviously, you know, just general market anxiety and liquidity are certainly one area of consternation, but you also have the enormous pressures being placed on, um, on, on the travel and leisure industry. So, you know, airlines, clearly hotels, cruise ships, um, and even the entire aerospace manufacturing infrastructure, the supply chain, rather. So Boeing last night actually put out a formal statement and said that they are seeking $60 billion um, in support to help not only it, but as well, all of its suppliers as well. So, you know, you're clearly seeing the stresses are not just in airlines, I think, where it's being felt most acutely, but throughout the entire travel and leisure 
um, supply chain. And a lot of those companies have a lot of debt outstanding. So, And that clearly is going to require some type of a fiscal response. It's not so much a liquidity issue. This is a solvency issue. And that fiscal response is being worked on in Washington. You saw a ton of headlines yesterday. Um, and you're going to have more meetings today. Again, I believe Trump is due to speak to um, the airline industry today on a call. Mnuchin obviously clearly is working on a variety of different options and solutions. Um, but that is something that is not going to be able to come from the Fed. That's more of a solvency issue, not a liquidity one. And then you have kind of this separate parallel crisis with energy. Energy, again, is is the single most important sector in credit markets, especially high yield. And you have this Obviously, crude is suffering from coronavirus, coronavirus-driven decline in consumption, but you do then have this kind of separate Saudi-Russian war, whereby um, in a normal environment, they should be curtailing production um, to accommodate the decline in consumption, but instead they're going in the opposite direction. That's clearly just exacerbating what's occurring in crude. Crude goes down every single day. Um, and you are seeing companies respond in terms of slashing spending and output, but it's, it's not really enough. So until those two pressures on credit markets ease, it's hard to say that the Fed actions um, are necessarily going to drive an enormous resurgence back in corporate credit. And you saw that yesterday in the price action. You know, the, the, if you look at the kind of the components of the U.S. rally yesterday um, in corporate credit and stocks, it was really not very encouraging. So it was very much tech Tech had a very good day, and then you had surging prices in a lot of the very safe haven groups, utilities, REITs, staples. Um, other than that, the, the underlying price action was not super encouraging. You had a lot of softness in, in kind of key uh, cyclical areas. And then in corporate credit, corporate credit um, really barely moved. So especially CDXIG was essentially flat. High yield ticked up a bit, but definitely underperformed. So you did not see yesterday in kind of the um, makeup of, of the price action in stocks and credit, um, real encouraging trends. And again, I think that kind of just goes back to you have some some forms of acute stress in credit that are not liquidity driven. They're more solvency issues that and that's going to require a fiscal response. So just quickly in fiscal policy in general, I've written a lot about this. I have another big summary this morning. You have a lot of headlines. You have a lot of numbers. I think you have a lot of double and triple counting of those numbers. You have some contingency options. You also have liquidity support. That's kind of being counted by some people as fiscal policy. It's not true fiscal policy. You know, I, it's safe to say that the numbers are definitely getting large. Um, whether it's eight, seven fifty, eight fifty, a trillion, one point two trillion, the numbers are very big. It's a question of again, um, you know, ironing out all the details. The fiscal process is notoriously slow versus the monetary one. You have a lot of different moving pieces. Um, you have a lot of different constituencies that need to come to agreement. Um, you know, there still seems to be a lot of disagreement within each party, um, in addition to, to, to among the various parties. So the Schumer plan and then the White House plan have some big differences, namely this payroll tax cut. Um, and then again, it's still unclear the logistics of how assistance will be provisioned out to um, uh, airlines or Boeing, et cetera. Will, will, will it come in the form of, of just liquidity guarantees or loan guarantees? Will there be actual equity injections, in which case you could see dilution. Um, so I think we're kind of just waiting to see a lot of the details on that front. And in the meantime, you definitely are seeing economic fallout. So on the labor front, you have you know, you know have a lot of furlong announcements that are being made. So Marriott had an announcement yesterday. Um, another hotel company came out overnight. Halliburton is furlonging a bunch of employees too. There were reports about um, some of the un- unemployment benefit websites in certain states are seeing a surge in traffic 
So you definitely are going to see an economic fallout. Kevin Hastert, who had been a White House economic advisor um, a couple of days ago, came out and said you could see a million job losses in the month of March. So the economic fallout is definitely large. Mnuchin overnight apparently warned Republican senators that if they do not act soon, you could see an, the unemployment rate go to 20%. You could see the ultimate economic fallout of all of this be greater than in the financial crisis. Um you know, so clearly, um, you know, you are seeing, you're, you know, and I think, and I think, you know, that gets to another point where, you know, investors are, are essentially not even paying any attention to economic data at the moment. It's all very backward looking. Investors appreciate you're going to see an enormous deterioration. And that's the same with earnings reports too. So FedEx came out last night, decent earnings report, but withdrew their guidance. And, and I think that's, you know, you're going to, you're going to kind of see that attitude going forward where corporate announcements and, and economic data are largely being ignored. For now, just as investors appreciate that you're going to have this kind of huge fallout over the next coming months and quarters, um, which makes any any you know news at this point in time largely irrelevant. Um, so the final bucket I would say um, are just kind of travel assembly curbs. Um, nothing too new to report today, although you have this big debate in New York City um, about, you know, the quote unquote shelter in place restrictions with San Francisco implemented a couple of days ago, the Blasio sounded very certain that, um, or implied strongly that New York city could impose shelter in place rules, but Cuomo who ultimately has the authority on, on whether or not such a restriction will be put in place, um, has been pushing back. And, and I said that no such restrictions are, are being considered for New York city. So I think that's kind of um, probably the big area debate on that front. But, you know, globally, you're continuing to see more countries limit movement, limit travel, limit assembly as they all attempt to curb um, coronavirus spread. So, there, you know, a ton of news to go through. I have everything documented in the, in the Vital Dawn today. Um, I know I, I, I kind of just ran through a lot there, but I, I have it, um, you know, laid out clear in, in, in a more clearer fashion in, in the piece this morning. Um, I published two kind of macro pieces yesterday the case against despondency. And again, um, I know I've been kind of calling for a bounce or stability since Thursday morning, and clearly that has been premature. Um, but I just run through a lot of the different, um, you know, I, I kind of lay out in greater detail and, and in a cl- more clear fashion my, my thesis as to why I think the S&P deserves to be a little bit higher than it is right now going forward. Um, again, I do not think this crisis is ending anytime soon. I think it's going to be a huge presence in the marketplace for months to come. And I also think, again, that before this hit, stocks were overvalued. So I clearly do not think we deserve to go back to those highs. But I just lay out, you know, in relatively, um, they're both relatively long pieces. I have them linked in this morning's piece and they're up on the website. Um, on the calendar for today, again, it's not, there's really not much scheduled news. You have a couple of earnings reports. Um, Tencent just hit today, um, this morning as we speak, um, you know, no major economic data, but again, you're going to have a lot of unscheduled headlines crossing, especially out of Washington again, as you see this fiscal response plan get negotiated. Uh, so that is essentially everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.